The Carolina Panthers said they had a plan for Matt Corral. Well, right now, that plan doesn't even have him on the roster. We'll talk about it right now here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where tomorrow on Friday for one final time this offseason slash preseason, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And do not fret, my friends, starting next Wednesday, it'll be the weekly Wednesday mailbag all throughout the rest of the regular season, hopefully ending in early February with the Carolina Panthers being Super Bowl champions, but more realistically ending in like, early January, then we'll be back to the weekly Friday mailbag. But either way, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Get your questions into me for tomorrow's show and to start thinking ahead to next Wednesday's show as the Carolina Panthers will be preparing for the week one matchup down in Atlanta against the rival Falcons. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So the Carolina Panthers yesterday... Went from 79 men to 80 men, down to 53 men by 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the NFL deadline to get from 90 down to your initial 53-man roster. We broke it all down on yesterday's show, and when talking about it, did discuss the Carolina Panthers would be active players once the waiver wire opened up and we found out who the players the Panthers potentially would, and probably, you know, we knew, we're going to claim. So we've now found out the Carolina Panthers have successfully claimed three players off of waivers, claiming former Saints tackle Calvin Throckmorton, former Jets linebacker Clodden Cherilis, hope I got that right, and former 49ers cornerback Deshaun Shark Jamison, starting off with Throckmorton. He has played in 31 career games, starting 20 for the Saints in the last two seasons, and this is a good thing. He can play both guard and tackle and has experience starting on both sides. Went over yesterday when looking at the roster, in particular the offensive line. The Carolina Panthers, once they got down to 53 men, had a very, very young offensive line group. Ike Aquanu had an excellent year last year, struggling the preseason. He's entering in his second year as your starting left tackle. Next to him at left guard, Brady Christensen. Played sparingly all over the offensive line his rookie year in 2021. Last year, First time as a full starter in the NFL playing left guard, stepping into his second year as a full-time starter, third year in the NFL, a still a very young player. Then looking at right guard, while Austin Corbett is on the pup reserve list, out for at least the first four weeks of the season, and I would guess probably longer than that, recovering from that torn ACL that he suffered in week 18 in that walk-off win down in New Orleans, it's going to be Chandler Zavala. The fourth round pick out of NC State filling in there at right guard. And then behind them, 
Cade Mays, six-round pick out of Tennessee a year ago, got to play in the Arby's package, was the first man up at right guard, didn't earn that job. It's still possible that he does. Frank Reich not necessarily committing to Chandler Zavala, but all the things he said leading up to the final preseason game would lead you to believe that Chandler Zavala is going to be the first guy we see out there at right guard next Sunday down in Atlanta. But Cade Mays would be a backup to him. Mays can play center. He can play guard. He can play tackle. Good versatility there, but he's a young player who is extremely inexperienced at this level. Then you have two EDFAs in Nash Jensen out of North Dakota State who played in a ton of games down there, but this is not the FCS anymore. And then Ricky Lee out of A&T who earned his way as a tackle. And it's great that the Carolina Panthers decided that they would rather have young players to develop and more on that later as I give you my takeaways from what Frank Reich had to say on Wednesday afternoon speaking to the media. It's great that they would want to have those players opposed to the vested veterans who had guaranteed contracts that they would have been on the roster heading into week one, that being Cam Irving and Justin McRae. And neither one of those guys play particularly well, so I would rather take the cheap and expensive rookie who you can mold with probably more upside than the aging veteran that isn't really giving you all that much. But when you decide to do that, you take away from experience and you put yourself in a situation where if one of those guys goes down, that ain't great because you're going to have a player who has probably never played a regular season snap in the NFL out there, or at least someone who's played very limited snaps in that situation. So the Carolina Panthers need to bring in Calvin Throckmorton. I will uh, put this out there. Now that he's here, is it possible, considering he's played both guard and and tackle, and he started, is it possible that he becomes a starting right guard in the interim and they don't throw Chandler Zavala out there where the thought was coming out of state, it made more sense for him to be the left guard and then potentially compete uh, for that spot with Brady Christensen next to Ike Aquan, who was former teammate down there in Raleigh at NC State. So something to look out there as Calvin Throckmorton's on the roster. Uh, going over now to Claudin Cherilis, the Panthers got to, get to, uh, got to check him out. The UDFA out of Alcorn State as he was there for joint practice with the Jets in that first preseason game a couple Saturdays ago. He ran a 4.54 second 40 at his pro day and has a 38-inch vertical leap. Um, My only thought here is that they felt like he's a better athlete than Chandler Wooten and that he can help him out more than Wooten would have. Other than that, I don't really have much to add there. Uh, Deshaun Shark Jameson, a undrafted rookie from Texas, is a smaller player. He only uh, is at 5'9", 186, but he did earn rave reviews there in San Francisco. Our old friend Steve Wilkes, who's now the D.C. for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, had a lot of great things to say about Shark Jameson, who is really coming here not to play corner. When you look at his body type and then you look at the other guys here who are very similar to some of the players that that, uh, Scott Fitter rather had in Seattle, that mold of a tall, lanky corner, that ain't Shark Jameson. But what he's here to do is to be a standout special teams player as a returner. The Carolina Panthers added Amir Smith-Marset yesterday. They already had Raheem Blackshear on the roster. Now they have Shark Jamison, this coaching staff, really prioritizing the return game and being able to set up Bryce Young and this offense in good position during his rookie season this year. So now they have three returners, one of them being Shark Jamison, who should stand out as a special teamer for the Carolina Panthers this year. So with three players added... That meant the Carolina Panthers had to clear three roster spots. They decided to waive wide receiver Derek Wright, who had talked about how it was a great opportunity for him to be here in Carolina for his young child and his wife to be able to provide them better opportunities. And I just looked at it, seeing seven wide receivers, them adding Amir Smith-Marset. 
I did not believe Derek Wright was long for this roster, and it sucks to see that he's not going to stick around, at least for now. We'll see. Maybe makes practice squad. Frank Reich did talk about, hey, a lot of the guys that they cut on Tuesday, we're going to bring those guys back. And Frank Reich had the same sentiment on Wednesday, and we'll get to more of that later on here on the show today. But Derek Wright, one of the casualties to the Panthers claiming three players off of waivers. The other player that they also decided to let go of was Chandler Wooten, who I already mentioned earlier as Claude and Charles, I suppose, just a better athlete. That's what they want to have here. Chandler Wooten. No longer in Carolina. We'll see what his future is. And then the headliner and really the news of the day in Charlotte on Tuesday, Matt Corral, the third-round pick out of Ole Miss from a year ago, is no longer here on the roster, at least for now. So how did we get here? Why is Matt Corral no longer a Carolina Panther? I talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is a hell of a deal. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Seriously, y'all need to get in on this. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. On night two of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers decided to send their 2022 fourth-round pick and a 2023 third-round pick over to the New England Patriots so that they could take the Patriots' third-round pick, 94th overall in that draft, to select Matt Corral, quarterback, Mississippi, to potentially be the franchise or someone they could develop long-term as their quarterback here in Carolina. As we know, things did not work out for Matt Corral as he was told that he was not going to compete. He was here just to develop, and the Panthers brought in Baker Mayfield, who they wanted to trade for in the first place on that Friday evening of night two of the 22 draft before settling on Matt Corral. Corral stuck with the third team and the fourth team when battling with P.J. Walker, and then unfortunately broke his list, Frank, uh, foot bone in that second preseason game up New England and missed the entirety of his rookie year. And then even worse, the Carolina Panthers decided on March 10th to trade up to number one overall in order to draft Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. So right now, Matt Corral is no longer a Carolina Panther. Now that could change. We'll see if it does. I have had plenty of thoughts on Matt Corral since the Carolina Panthers traded up to draft him over a year ago. For me, I got a couple points here. For me, the best case scenario for Matt Corral was always him earning the backup quarterback job for 2024 or for 2025, then going elsewhere to hopefully compete for a starting quarterback job. Let's just be honest. The politics of the NFL are not going to allow a player like Matt Corral who a previous regime traded up to get. Now, I understand that Scott Bitterer is still here as a general manager, and he absolutely is the one who would have put the framework of the deal together on that night to get Matt Corral. But Matt Rule, who was a head coach, ain't here anymore. Frank Reich is. And Frank Reich and his organization decided that what they wanted 
was to trade up and get their own quarterback. And who they wanted was Bryce Young. So Bryce Young's a starter this year. And he'll be the starter next year. And he'll be the starter in 2025. Things would have had to gone horribly wrong for Matt Corral to have gotten an opportunity this season, next season, or in 2025 to start for the Carolina Panthers. Also look at this. When the Panthers traded up on March 10th for Bryce Young, a few days later, what did they do? They signed Andy Dalton to a deal that pays them $7 million guaranteed. Now, next season, the Panthers could decide to waive Dalton, but that would only save $2 million cap space, and it would come along with $4 million in dead cap. There's not much benefit to getting rid of Andy Dalton, an older, experienced player, who I think the Carolina Panthers would like to still have backup Bryce Young. The expectation this year, at least in my opinion, should not be playoffs. But if Bryce Young plays to the level I think he's capable of, and the Panthers go out there and make some good moves next offseason, there's no reason in a division that should still be wide open next year why the Carolina Panthers cannot be perfectly positioned to go out and potentially win the division. And if something happens to Bryce Young, would you rather have a player named Andy Dalton who's actually won divisions before, has played in the NFL, or would you rather have a player, Matt Corral, who has never played a snap? And had he stayed here in Carolina, and if he stays here in Carolina, is highly unlikely to play a snap before next season. So the Carolina Panthers, when they brought in Andy Dalton, brought him in to be the backup for this year and next year. So realistically, Matt Corral was not going to see the field at all until 2025, if it was ever going to happen in a regular season game. So the best case was always for him to maybe show enough to where the Carolina Panthers decided to move off of Andy Dalton and have him be the backup next year or to wait around until the final year of his rookie contract and be the backup in 2025, then go elsewhere, find a better situation, and possibly win a starting job. So that was the best case scenario. And that's not awesome for a player who the Panthers traded up for last year and a player who possibly and probably gets an opportunity to start once Baker got injured and Sam was out, they would have put him out there, I think, maybe. I don't know, but they would probably give him an opportunity last year. He never got a chance here in Carolina, and that sucks for him. Now, the Carolina Panthers, by doing this, they chose the value of a player that will actually, they chose to value, rather, a player that will actually contribute, even if it's on special teams, over an emergency quarterback that hasn't shown nearly enough to put his talent over what's best for the team. I've been vocal on how I just don't understand how there's any benefit to the third emergency quarterback. Possibly in the playoffs, you can add a third quarterback as a veteran who can come in and save the day. But if you're in a playoff game against the best teams in the NFL and your top two quarterbacks get injured, you're screwed. You're really a four-letter word, but you're screwed to be PG. That's probably right. That's what you say, PG. You're not in a good situation. And even in a regular season, week one, week five, week seven, 13, you're not in a good spot if your top two quarterbacks go down. If Bryce Young and Andy Dalton go down and Matt Corral comes in, the Panthers are going to lose. You could say Matt Corral. You could say anyone. Whoever that quarterback is, the Panthers are probably not going to win that football game. Let's just be honest. So I did not see the value, and I still don't see the value, in keeping a player as that third emergency quarterback who you hope will never play. Understand, Bryce and Andy have to get knocked out and then that to say they can't come back. And if they're able to come back, then Corral would have to come out of the game. So he only plays if everything goes to bleep. So, y'all, I never understood, and I still don't understand why any team right now would want to have 
a roster spot tied up to a third emergency quarterback. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me, especially when Matt Corral, you know, didn't look good against the Jets, did not look good at all. The Giants, we saw the improvement, especially in that third quarter. But then last Friday night, kind of took a step back. So Matt Corral has not shown nearly enough to be someone worth wasting, let's be honest, a roster spot on when he's not going to at least contribute on special teams. So the Panthers decided to value a player at the back end of the roster who will actually play over a player on the back end of the roster who they never want to play. Now, I do believe the Panthers had a plan for Matt Corral. It was evident when you watched how they went about their business by waving Jacob Eason, giving Matt Corral those snaps during OTAs, the amount of snaps he played during the preseason. It was obvious that they wanted to develop him, that they wanted to see what he could do. They wanted him to prove he was worth keeping around. And for almost, let's say, 18 hours, he was. But the Panthers decided that right now, he's not worth being on a 53-man roster. Now, let's just be honest. He could still be on the practice squad, and the Panthers have said as much as they would like to see him on the practice squad. We'll get to Frank Reich's comments here momentarily. But really, for Matt Corral, what's best for him? If you're Matt Corral, what would you want? Would you want to stay here and be a practice squad quarterback, never get elevated on game days, and then still not have a chance to compete, at least before all this happened, you get to dress out on game days. Now you're not, unless Andy Dalton gets injured or Bryce Young gets injured. So the likelihood of you seeing the field is still less than zero. Wouldn't you rather go somewhere else to a situation where, hey, he's probably going to compete, but is it possible that circumstances could have him next season competing? I just don't see how the circumstances are going to have that happen here unless everything just goes horribly wrong for the Panthers. And even if he comes in, the Panthers gave up way too much. And I know I saw San Francisco. I saw it with Trey Lance, but this staff, they're they're not going to punt on Bryce Young that soon for Matt Corral if wild circumstances happen. I just don't see that happening. So for Matt Corral, a fresh start seems like the most preferred outcome in a situation instead of coming back to Carolina to be on the practice squad. Now I go all the way back to that night. It was obvious. For weeks, if not months, the Carolina Panthers wanted to bring in a new quarterback to either compete, but really replace Sam Darnold. They went after Deshaun Watson. It didn't work. They inquired on Russell Wilson. It didn't work. They tried to bring in Baker Mayfield on that night. For whatever reason, Cleveland wasn't budging, didn't want to pay as much money as they, of course, ended up paying, and the terms just didn't work out. So the Panthers, who had a fan base that was clamoring for a new quarterback, who hated Sam Darnold, they decided, okay, let's do a panic move, and let's go out there and trade up for a quarterback. Now, here's the thing with that. Had they just drafted Corral in the fourth round with pick 137? I would have been totally fine with that. I would have been fine with developing a player. But to give up assets to move up and get somebody and then to come back immediately and say, oh, 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 whoa, 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 he's not here to compete. He's just here to develop. We're going to do the whole long game with Matt Corral. That didn't make any sense to me. And people, of course, foolheartedly, and I understand, after watching all the quarterback mess and drama over the last couple seasons, why you would foolishly put your hopes and dreams in the Matt Corral. I understand why they would do that. The Panther fans, but man, he was never even brought here to compete for the job last year. And that was when Sam Darnold was the incumbent. And then when Baker Mayfield came, it was never about Matt Corral competing. It was just about developing him. So I do believe the Panthers want to develop him still 
and that they have over the last couple of months, I do believe that from day one of OTAs with this new staff to last Friday night, he's a completely different player. He's a better player, but they did not see enough of a reason to keep him around on the 53 when they had other players that they feel can come in and contribute right away, even if it's on the back end of the roster as special teams players. But I will never not trash the Panthers for what was a dumb panic move to appease the fan base, to probably appease the owner. It did nothing to do all that in a turnaround right away and say, oh, whoa, 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 he's not actually here to compete. What was, what was all of that? So really, it was just a waste of everyone's time and resources to trade up for Matt Corral then less than a year and a half later decide, well, he's not good enough for the roster. We'd like to bring him back on the practice squad, but we'd rather have some of these other guys come in, potentially actually start in Doc Morton's position, but other guys just come in to play special teams than have Matt Corral holding a clipboard and not being allowed to play unless everything just goes to hell on Sundays. Didn't make any sense then. And doesn't make any sense now. Just a terrible, terrible decision by the Carolina Panthers organization to ever trade for Matt Corral. But I guess they made the best decision to get rid of Matt Corral as they're thinking about what's best for the team. And what's best for the team is to have a 53-53 roster spot, 53rd roster spot actually used on a player who will play. Frank Reich did talk about the roster cuts, in particular Matt Corral no longer being Carolina, and the Panthers' practice squad is taking shape. We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. On Tuesday afternoon when meeting with the media, Panthers head coach Frank Reich was not willing to offer much uh, thoughts when it came to the roster as he wanted to wait to see what moves happen on Wednesday. As we know now, the Carolina Panthers have claimed former Saints tackle Calvin Throckmorton, former Jets linebacker Claudin Cherilis, and former 49ers cornerback Deshaun Jameson, which is always interesting when they say former, when Cherilis and Jameson are undrafted free agent rookies who haven't even played in the NFL like, are they really Jets and Niners of the past? Like, they were there in camp. Are, are they really former? Throckmorton at least played in regular season, was on the 53. So, I don't know. That's just one thing I was thinking about. So, those guys are here now in Carolina, which means that Matt Corral currently is not on the roster. Neither is wide receiver Derek Wright or linebacker Chandler Wooten. Frank Reich did say that the team still has some work to do, as I've told y'all last yesterday and in leading up to this, that the Panthers roster on Tuesday – would look a little bit different on Wednesday, and it will probably still look different come Monday on Labor Day as they get towards what they want to have heading into week one against the Falcons uh, next Sunday down there in Atlanta. So he says they still have some work to do, and he's sure that we'll see some of the guys back that they cut. Um, And that was the same sentiment that he had on Tuesday, and of course that came to fruition on Wednesday as Just McRae, Offensive lineman who spent time in Cleveland and in Houston with offensive line coach James Campen. Didn't have a great preseason, but he's now here on the practice squad. A player who could be elevated if the Panthers need him. Has experience. That's good to have. Deontay Brown back on the practice squad here in Carolina. J.D. DiRenzo also. So those are three offensive linemen on the practice squad. Spencer Brown, who had a pretty good preseason, not claimed. He's on the practice squad once again. Raquan Williams, who looked like he was going to be on the 53, did not make the 53. He clears waivers. He is on the practice squad. So is Taylor Stallworth, who played 
played two seasons in Indianapolis um, for Frank Reich. Outside linebackers, Echo Leota is also here, and Jordan Thomas. Leota is somebody uh, that could have potentially been claimed by another team, but he's here to stay in Carolina, which is a good thing for them. Safety Eric Rowe, who I would imagine is going to get an opportunity to play at some point this year, just knowing how injuries go. And I'm not saying that Von Bell or Xavier Woods are going to get injured, but I do think that's a player that is going to have an opportunity, especially as a veteran. Then cornerbacks, Stan Thomas Oliver and Mark Milton make up the 11 players currently as of this recording around 4.53 p.m. on Wednesday, August 30th on the practice squad. Key notes for the practice squad to know that teams can elevate players from the practice squad to the active roster for game day three times a season. Each time they revert to the practice squad afterwards. After those three elevations, the players would have to be signed to the active roster in order to play again. Teams can elevate two practice squad players per week. But back to more of what Frank Reich had to say on Wednesday afternoon, talking about waving Matt Corral. He said he was happy with the progress that Matt made and also stated there's a lot of complexity to building the roster, as we've seen. And the sole motivation is to do what helps the team, as I talked about. What helps the team more? Matt Corral standing on the sideline, not allowed to play unless Bryce and Andy Dalton get hurt and can't come back in, or adding someone who can play special teams, either as just a key special teamer, as a guy who just plays on the kick team, on coverage or a returner, like what makes more sense? To have just a quarterback to sit there who you never want to play or to have someone who can at least come in and help you on special teams sitting in there on the 52nd or 53rd roster spot. I would say the special teams player. So they did what they felt was best for the team and what helps the team long-term. Now, he did say that he would like to have Matt Corral back, and he said we'll see where that goes. As I just stated to y'all earlier, it just makes the most sense to me, honestly, just to – let Matt Corral go elsewhere, get a fresh start after they traded up for him, said immediately he's not here to compete. He breaks his foot. They trade up for Bryce. They bring in Andy Dalton. I can't imagine. And I know he says, oh, I'm here to compete. I'm happy to be here. All that. Come on. You just, everyone knows. And that might, he, that may be true. But everyone knows as a human being in a situation he's in, you're not going to be happy about that. You're Yes, you're going to want to compete, but he's not giving a chance. He's not going to be given a chance to compete. Did they really give him a chance to compete with Bryce Young? No. Did they give him a chance to compete with Andy Dalton? No. Maybe with Jake Luton, but was that really even a competition? No. So for Matt Corral, the best thing for him is to move on, go somewhere else. And I wish him the best of luck if that's what he decides to do. And if he decides to stay in Carolina, then again, I, I hope he can develop into that back in 2025. And then after that, Hopefully he can go somewhere else tonight to get an opportunity to start. I highly doubt he'll ever be a starter in the NFL, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and just looking at the roster currently, the Panthers still have five tight ends. Uh, you still have Hayden Hurst here. You still have Tommy Trimble, Ian Thomas, Gio Ritchie, Stephon Sullivan, all five of those guys, as I'm not even doing the math right in my hands. Uh, all five of those guys are still here in Carolina. And Frank Reich was asked about that. He's like, yo, uh, what's going on here? You got five tight ends. Are you really going to do that? He says that he uh, thinks they'll try to keep those guys around and that they really like the room. So we'll see. Still a lot of work to do, as Frank Reich stated on Wednesday. And that could mean getting rid of one of those tight ends. Uh, they have begun scouting the Falcons for next Sunday down in Atlanta. That's good. They had their preliminary discussion there uh, earlier this week, or probably on Wednesday, really. And then um, on keep, keeping Ricky Lee and Nas Jensen, which is good that they brought in Calvin Throckmorton. He said that they have a young quarterback, and it's good to develop some young linemen as they build the depth that they need. And it makes more sense to have those young guys to develop than having Cam Irving and Justin McCray on the active roster. Now, McCray, at least on the practice squad, that's good for the Panthers because they can elevate him at least three times a season before having to put him on the active roster, which is still 
into cards, uh, but they would rather have some young guys that they were afraid they'd lose off of um, waivers. Like, they'd rather have them on the 53 and develop them right now. And I think it's a good move to bring in Throckmorton to at least give those guys some time to actually sit back and develop and not to be thrust into a role where they actually have to play. Like, I would guess that Nash Jensen, Ricky Lee, like, those guys are pretty good candidates, at least one of them, each week to uh, be inactive on game day. So we'll see how all that works out. Another thing I'm looking at, the Panthers, I don't know if they put any clubs in for a defensive tackle, but currently... The defensive tackles behind Derek Brown, Shai Tuttle, and Deshaun Williams are still LeBron Ray and Nick Thurman. They're sticking around for now. But again, there's still some work to do. Will they be on the roster come Friday, Thursday, Monday, next Sunday? We'll see how that works out. But the Carolina Panthers, a busy day as Matt Corral is no longer a Panther for now. He could be, but as of this recording... And as of Wednesday night, he is not a Carolina Panthers. The Panthers wave him in favor of claiming Calvin Throckmorton, Jets linebacker Clyde Cherilis, and 49ers cornerback Deshaun Williams onto the roster, also letting go of Chandler Wooten and Derek Wright for the time being here in Carolina. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Again, you all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday, for one final time, this preseason slash offseason, I'm going to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Then Wednesday, it becomes the weekly Wednesday mailbag throughout the rest of the regular season, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I will then talk to y'all, you know, maybe on Thursday. It's been weird. I've been putting out these shows kind of the day of. I typically record the day before, then release it the next morning. But because it's been a very busy week, I've been doing it differently. Scott Fitter talks on Thursday. May have some quick reaction to what he has to say. And then, of course, so Friday mailbag out on Friday. So, you know, I don't know. I'll talk to you guys soon. So just stay tuned. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. And goodbye. <laughs>